This podcast is brought to you by Continuum and Bristol Tap, proud sponsors of Wessex Wanderers. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Wessex Wanderers podcast. I'm your host, Matt McCarthy, and I'm joined today by some esteemed company, the legend himself, Colts manager, Mark Hooper. Hello, Mr. Hooper. Hello, Mr. McCarthy. How are we doing, mate? You all right? Yes, very good. Thank you. Yourself? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing pleasantly well. Nothing major, though. <laughs> it's been a long season. It's, it's relaxation time now. Uh, honestly, this is, you know, we're recording on a, on a Tuesday evening where we would normally have training. So we're keeping the, uh, the Wessex activity well and truly alive. But it's nice to not be uh, sprinting around what would be a quite a warm a warm Tuesday evening, I would think. But no, it's nice to relax, really, physically and mentally. But you're very right. What what a, what a season it's been. You're you're first in in management. You're first in in charge of the uh, the uh, newly made Colts team. How uh, how do you think it's been overall? I would be lying if I said it was really enjoyable. Um, I have enjoyed it over the over the over the whole season I think I can safely say I've I've enjoyed doing what I've done like you say first team uh, first time managing uh, a football team and and yeah it, it's been an eye-opening uh, experience to say the least obviously it's been made a lot easier by having yourself um, Tom Trachy Ron there to to support as well as having Scotty around as well to, to help out so yeah it's been yeah, it's been it's been good mate and and obviously you know to get a promotion an earned promotion through through finishing second in division five um was sort of the cherry on the the top of the cake really even though it was disappointing we didn't do it with actually playing a game of football but uh, I suppose we'll come to that a bit later on but yeah overall yeah, it was a, a good a good experience that I'm I'm keen to 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 carry on into into obviously next preseason after having a bit of a rest, well earned rest. Yeah, no, I I think <clears throat> I'd say it's been a success of a season. Um, you know, it's been up and down. Having a brand new team at a football club is always going to be challenging. And the fact that it was your first managerial job as well, I think you've taken to it like you've been doing it for years. So it's definitely a, a successful season. Like you said, ups and downs, but we'll definitely come to them uh, later on in the podcast. Mm. Um, you you got to remember as well, I uh, I was only meant to be, when I say only meant to be the assistant, when when the Colts were, were created, um, after the lockdown trophy win and and the, you know going into the preseason of of this of this season twenty one twenty two, um, it was a it was a, a management decision or it was a committee decision to 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 obviously bring the Colts into existence after having previous third teams at Wessex and them not going so well. It was a brave decision by the club to to bring a third team into into the fold, especially considering the way that sort of COVID really affected leagues and, and clubs and teams. And we've seen that over the course of the season in all three 
um, in all three Wessex teams' divisions as well. You know, with the amount of games that have been abandoned, uh, not abandoned, but called off and home wins, away wins given because teams just can't put uh, a team together. You know, clubs just can't put a team together. So it was supposed to be Ollie Cleveley who, who was going to be managing the Colts. In fact, Ollie Cleveley came up with the idea that we were going to be called the Colts. Um, but unfortunately, due to circumstances sort of out of the club's control, um, Ollie wasn't able to, to take it forward as, as Ollie would have wanted to. Um, so I kind of one evening sat down and thought, well, I'll offer my, offer my services at a, at a time where I think the club needed a bit of forward momentum with the Colts and offered it. And, and yeah, the, I say the rest is history. Obviously, it's it's gone it's gone well this season. Um, but yeah, certainly com- coming into it, supposed to be taking more of a backseat well, uh, back role. It didn't it didn't really it didn't really materialise in that. The way. last year, the last year is history. That's that one's in the books already. It's Happy just days. now it's about kicking on. But just just going back to that when it came, you know, when you talk about COVID, th- thinking thinking back now, I think it's it was quite a bold move. From from the club to to introduce um, to introduce the third team. Just thinking back on it, like you said, the, the, the finances of other clubs being completely drained. You know, people not having the right back in because of COVID and and the lockdowns and everything like that. The fact that we were able to create and maintain um, a brand new team at Wessex is, you know, I think that's that's quite kind of it's gone under the radar a little bit. <clears throat> at least from a from a from a committee perspective, it's only it's only just kind of hitting me now. Thinking, yeah, we've we've done we've done well there, mm. um, and I think I think the club's in a better place for it as well. Yeah, I, I know that um, having listened to the the very the very long uh, reserve podcast that was released um, released last week. Um, yeah, it was it was a. It's been a successful season for all three teams, but we had the the players already at the club last season to to be able to make a, a, a Colts team or a third team viable. So, yeah, it was a was a big success. But of course, a, a lot of that is down to to the players um, at the club, not only ones who have been mainly with the Colts this season, but also players in the first team, established first team, established first um, established in the reserve team. Um, who have really embraced the Colts and and supported them when there haven't been games for you know for the first or the reserves? We've always had a healthy following, um, both home and away, with with the Colts and and all the other teams as well, of course. Um, but it just really it it highlighted to me the club has moved on in the time that I was away when I, when I left when I was twenty seven twenty eight, coming back at thirty five in that sort of seven, eight year period, um, the club had to go through some stuff, which obviously you and Tom are more than aware of because you, you you really recovered and, and allowed the club to, to get itself back on its feet. But yeah, this club is, is really something quite special and it's been, it's been a real privilege to be part of that over the course of this year. And yeah, looking forward to, to doing more good stuff, getting more promotions, hopefully winning trophies over the next couple of seasons, if I'm allowed. 
<laughs> yeah, we've got to do a end of season. Like, well, this is the end of season review, really, isn't it? Mm. Uh, little, you know, I haven't actually told you. I'm going to be deciding whether you keep your job or not at the end of this uh, oh. podcast. <laughs> the action. So this comes is down. this is wow. This is an appraisal. <laughs> Fair play. I like and it. hand you your P60. <laughs> Was it P45? P45. I'll have a P60 as well. That'll do that. At least I'll earn some money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give them, give them both. Well, um, I guess we just crack straight on into it then, shall we? Let's, let's go for it. So I guess starting from the beginning. You know, every every team has a preseason. You know how how did yours go? How did you find your first preseason with your brand new coach team? Um, yeah, we had a we had a short preseason. I know I know Trachi spoke about. I think the season before there were, I think it was about a dozen games that the reserve team did, and I'm sure the first team would have done something quite similar in 2021 before the COVID. Um, restrictions kind of scuppered the season, but I know when when I was brought into the club and we were discussing preseason friendlies, it was we 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 obviously want to start the season with players being match fit. But I think the lesson learned from the season before was not not as many um, not as many fixtures in the mm. calendar. So in the end, uh, the Colts only had three preseason games. Um, the first one will always stick out in my memory for maybe the wrong reasons uh I was stressed as as you like on you know on the day because I'd never done anything like that at a football club I, I was just used to rocking up in my boots after eating a rather large breakfast and carrying a monster in my back pocket um so yeah rocking up uh, at the time at South Bristol Sports Centre um, for a game against Clevedon, which was something that um, Rich Higgs, um, our sponsor, um, obviously continuing the club sponsor, set up for us. Um, they brought a, a good team along. Um, we we had a, a strong team, but the only, the only thing that re- that I remember really from that game is the fact that we didn't have any any lines marked out on the pitch, which um, I didn't know whether that was going to be something that was quite fortuitous and would stick out over the over the whole season but luckily that was I think that was probably the worst that it got and it it was kind of appropriate that it, it happened in the first game I remember me and Scotty were kind of looking at each other thinking oh my what have, what have we let ourselves in for here um it's better yeah like but, you said it's, it's better that happens at the very first game but all those yeah all those lads who were playing must have thought what what have we got ourselves into? Like, let alone what have you got? Oh, com- completely. Yeah, I mean, there was. I think to memory, and I've got the got the team and stuff down in front of me. You know, there were there had to be um, four or maybe even five new players to the club that that had been bought in through various different different means. Um, none of them ended up finishing um, the preseason with us. Let alone, you know, the the actual the main season with us. Um, I don't think that was down to not having lines on the pitch, but um, it certainly it certainly didn't help the the flow of the game. If you like, uh, we won the game, but it was it was something that yeah. When I look back at, I think, wow, you know, let's not ever start off a preseason like that ever again, please, because it was a bit it was a bit ridiculous. At least it wasn't a yeah, that start, was the first you mean to go on moment. <laughs> It de- it definitely wasn't. I mean, you know that. I think that was for the club. 
that was the final nail in the coffin when it came to South Bristol Sports Centre. I know they served us well over the years. We obviously enjoyed training there as well, um, but uh, we didn't we didn't have the the move to Lockleys locked in or, or secured at that point. So, yeah, me me chirping up on the on the committee chat and on the manager's chat about how woeful the facilities were at South Bristol Sports Centre might have might have helped with the move, but yeah, no such drama with with Lockley Sports Centre. They've been super superb this season for us. Um, yeah, apart from losing many, many balls over the, the hedges, but maybe that's down to us. <laughs> those, the families that are living in those houses, they've probably got stacks of footballs just in their, in mm. their, in their kitchen or whatever. Like, they can make a killing off the, the yeah, amount of footballs. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to get Mike Callum right now with a bottle of wine. I think that's what we were talking about earlier earlier on in the season, going door knocking and getting all getting all of our balls back. But yeah, that was that was the first preseason game. Um uh, that was against Clevedon. Our next game was against Rock Crusaders. Um and we we won that one 3 0. And then our final uh preseason game, we had it uh, up at Fry's. Uh, and, and we had a kind of like a double header with the reserves and we ended up playing um, Portland Old Boys. So that was, again, that was um, that was a decent, it, obviously pre-season, you, you, you want to be winning games, you, you want to be, you know, looking at, at all the players that you possibly can. And actually when I look at the players that, that were there and, and that, that played for us, it was, so many of them were, were sort of mainstays in, in the Colts team throughout the, throughout the season. But it was a successful preseason. Um, certainly, lessons learned going into into next into the next season. Um, maybe want more than three, but it's going to be yeah. But still, it was it was successful, and it, it gave it gave me an idea. It was all about getting used to the the players at the club. Um, I think towards the end of the season, did we we had over a hundred? I think signed on and on the app. Yeah, signed, signed on. We had. I think it was just just over a hundred, but then that that was like some of the some of the lads that have just played the one game or mm. something, you know. Um, there's there's had to be a bit of you know weight shedding already, um, and yeah, there has in, been yeah in preparation for for next season as well. But you know, going back to the the preseason for 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 the Colts, it was always going to be like almost like an alien concept because it's establishing a brand new team at a club with a manager and an assistant who haven't managed or assisted together. Mm. Um, and you, you rock up with this bunch of lads, like you said, five new boys and, and the lines not be on the pitch. I think you, you handled it incredibly well. I know there could have been quite a few people that might have taken one look at that and gone, <laughs> I've got better ways to spend my Saturday. <laughs> I didn't go through my mind. I'm not going to lie, but it, it was it, 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 it's, yeah. It's it was about the commitment to the to to what what was obviously put in front of me and Scotty, and we knew that um, the most difficult part of it, of course, managing a football team is going to be very difficult. But it's managing the players and getting used to the players. I didn't know. I think coming back in um, off the top of my head, I probably knew maybe four or five out of you know 100 mm. um and obviously tom tom was one of them 
um, obviously Trachy and Ron. Um, I'd, ne- I'd never met you or played with you before. Um, so it was it was a big challenge and I was very reliant on on you and, and Tom and, and Trachy and Ron, obviously, for opinions. Uh, and and yeah, you had you had the opinions and you gave me you gave me a, an outline of what I could what I could have expected and the players that I could have expected to manage. Um whilst obviously trying to sort your own stuff out. So that was that, that was massive for me to, to be able to come in and and yeah, you, you guys couldn't have made my job and, and Scottish job any easier, um, apart from picking the teams, which which to be fair, Trotty did at times. Um he he loves he loves hypothesizing selection, does does Trotty. Um but no, it was it was it was good to to come in and, and the lads couldn't have been more sort of welcoming. Obviously, they're going to look at it and think, "Who's this bloke? He's coming in. Never seen him. Never heard of him before." Um, some questionable uh, mentions on on podcasts about eating a big breakfast before going out and banging a hat trick. Um, Which, by the I way, I've I've never understood because I've heard. I that don't story, understand it now. I've heard that story so many times, and <laughs> I, it genuinely baffles me. Um, it irks me a little bit, really. I, I just don't. Like I can't eat anything before a game because I will just I'll feel about twenty stone heavier than I am, uh, and I feel like I'd get a stitch or something. So the fact you could do that is a testament to your ability uh, to what to, to play football and, and wolf down a, a breakfast and a monster and God knows what else. It was it was mad. When I think about it now. If I'd have taken it seriously. Um, obviously, would never have been a good player. <laughs> I, I might, have been, might have been asked decent, yeah, or maybe maybe not be as round as I am now at thirty six. Uh, but I enjoyed well, you're, I thought you were forty five. No, 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 that was uh, that's a myth. That's a myth. I've got my I've got my ID. Uh, yeah, it's um, but it's been fun. I have enjoyed it, and do you know what? I'm happy if people look at me and say that I'm older than what I am because. Yeah, I think it's the grey air maybe that, that I've gathered over the over the, the season. But who, who was it? I've who enjoyed... was it that called you forty five again? It was, it was someone. I can't remember who it was. It was someone from the AC Bristol team. So we played AC Bristol at home on the four G, and um, obviously things weren't going well because I ended up coming on the pitch, um, and I've had to do that a couple of times this season. But yeah, I I, I went into a challenge with this young lad launched him up in the air and they all started moaning saying that I was picking on a picking on a child when he was he was 22 23 something like that and he was a lot taller than me as well but um yeah and they're like oh how old are you mate 45 and I, I was like it was a week before my 36th birthday I was like no I'm 35 <laughs> mate that was 35 <laughs> yeah 36 soon but yeah maybe I need to dye the hair Oh, don't! No, that's what that's uh, another another manager, or should I say, previous manager, uh, mm. would do, and it's definitely a look. Uh, in fact, no, <laughs> I I, rec- I reckon you should. I reckon you should do it once, and then if we laugh at you, then it's up to you whether you do it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's guaranteed, isn't it? It's guaranteed when I oh, look up to presentation with jet black hair. <laughs> be like what's happened you've gone back in time <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah so that was that, that was the pre-season mate 
quite quite successful, but yeah, lessons learned going into going into next year. I, yeah, I was going to say I feel like you've definitely got a feel for it, even if it was you know smaller than we'd anticipated or hoped for. Um, the next preseason, I feel like we're in much better in a much better position um, for all three teams to get you know a good amount of games. You know, we've got the eight side tournament coming as well before we actually get like proper games. So that'll be good for almost for fringe players, but also, you know, players who just need the fitness and, and something to, they want to keep, you know, keep playing football over summer. So it's, it's perfect for that. And any other kind of little sessions that we might want to do, honestly, I feel like we, I think we had less than 12 hours or less than 24 hours off before we finished that game on the Saturday. And then come Sunday, we're already talking about next next season. Um, mm. But I feel like if we kind of establish everything first, we'll, we'll be in much better stead for, for the upcoming season. I feel good about it already, to be fair. All things considered. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a tricky time, isn't it? Because I think maybe we would have had a couple of weeks off if the the news and, and obviously the the managerial departure of, of, of Trotty and Ron, maybe we would have been able to have rest, rested a little bit to just take stock, do the JM, JMG day, you know, have a, have a holiday and, and crack on in a, in six weeks or something. But yeah, because of, because of what's happened, obviously it's all not, it's not all up in the air. Um, we've got it settled. We've got it sorted. We've got, a good indication of the players that will have it the the club next season, and of course we still need to press on and, and recruit in in certain areas as well, um, to to make sure that we're not as competitive um, next season, but even more so with the first team being promoted, with the Colts team being promoted, with the reserves looking like they'll get they'll get a promotion as well. Yeah, uh, we know that the suburban leagues can have a bit of a shake up because it looks like Div 5 is just going to get wrapped entirely and, and you know, we'll have to see what that looks like. But, yeah, we, we need to take the kind of the, the weight and the momentum forward into next season and, and make sure that it's even better, even though, you know, we'll be missing certain people, um, unfortunately. But that's football. You got to move on. If we didn't, then you know we'd have six vets teams, and we <laughs> we we would be being compared at all. <laughs> vets team in uh, soon come, soon come. That'll be. I forgot. Yeah, Yemi's yeah, yeah. got to get involved in that when he comes back. Yeah, because it'll be one hundred and three or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a mad injury as well that he, he had. But yeah, crazy. But yeah, so I guess you know I say we say preseason was pretty short, but I think we just we went we went on for quite a bit. <laughs> We've <laughs> already some... done half of what Trashy did. So yeah, <laughs> but no, that that brings me on onto a you know the as you said you came to the club and you didn't really know anyone. Um, you, you kind of had the you had I was going to talk to you about signings, but technically everyone was a new signing for you because you didn't mm. know them. Um, but do you have any like? kind of signings that have stood out to you or these new lads that you've met and you've kind of built a relationship with, you know, on and off the pitch, like 
who do you think kind of stood out for you? It's interesting. I think when you when you look at what we went into the season with, and you know, like I say, we we ended up with a hundred plus players, but I think we bought in. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but we had to have brought in at least twenty players over the course of the season. And I remember speaking to Trotty after training, and I was like. I just said to him, who are, who are these players that are just coming out of absolutely nowhere? Why have it, Why is it November and they haven't got clubs? It just didn't yeah. make any sense to me. You know, you look at your, um, like, Sharky, um, Nathan Kim. Price, Kim. Kim, Kim was unreal. Yeah, you know, CK, he came in, Toby Peters. You know, the list sort of does go on and on and on. Um, but for the Colts specifically, I think Luca Patalis was was a big one to come in for me, and and really um, he did he did hit the ground running when he was played in his central role. I put him out on the wing one one game out of necessity. I think that was against Supreme Sports, and we, we got battered that day anyway, and no, nobody looked good. Um, but when he played in the position that he wanted to to play in and, and and could be most effective in. Um, he he was massive um, over the course of the season. Didn't play many games because because of his work situation, unfortunately. And and unfortunately towards again, towards the end of the season, he got a very nasty injury, um, suffered a collapsed lung during um, a game against um, I think that was against Corinthians. Uh, which it was Crazy, just isn't it? like how yeah and he, he he didn't even like you think of collapsed lung and you think right well this person must have been immobile and on the ground but he was still yeah. running and moving but you could tell it was slightly labored and that he was definitely mm. uncomfortable as you probably yeah, would in, be yeah absolutely he was in harm's way when he came off the pitch um and i think he was more disappointed that he, he did such a short amount of time on the pitch as well as obviously suffering with what is, you know, quite a debilitating injury and having a collapsed lung. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Luca, really good player. Um, Liam Gardner come in to the come into the club or came into the club um, and really asserted himself as a as a really good Colts goalkeeper. And and he proved that by going up and playing in the reserves as well. Did he did he get a game for the first team? Did he yeah, play the yeah. first team? Yeah. yeah he played against Jamaica Bell and we won 2 0. So he got a clean sheet so as well. Got a clean sheet as well. Um yeah, so so that was that was big. And obviously a goalkeeper is a, is something that over the course of the season has been an issue. Um that's been you know, that's been talked about several times. Don't I'm already too. Um, yeah. <laughs> we won't we won't talk about it anymore. Um <laughs> Caleb, Caleb Thomas came in. He he came in during preseason. Um, such a such a lovely kiddie. He came to our presentation night um, before the season even started, um, and yeah, just super nice, good character, really good footballer. Um, again, has been frustrated through injury and stuff this season, but you know, really good lad to to come into the club and. And and again, he played. I think he played across all three teams over the course of the season. So you know, has shown that he he can play at, at good levels and still you know and still perform and, and come down to the Colts and do the same. Um, 
and probably last um, is I'll, I'll talk. He, he was a mainstay for me, and he was a new signing for the club, and it was Josh Watt. Um, Josh played eighteen games for me this season, and and was a big part of was a massive part of the culture of the Colts, um, but also just his general always wanting to learn, always wanting to improve, um, having that kind of mentality of of wanting to win every game that he's in. Um, still got bits to learn, as, as we all do, um, but he's young. And this is his first season in, in grassroots football, in 11-a-side men's football. So, um, yeah, it was, I think, when I look at those sorts of players, um, alongside your Connor O'Neill's, your Nate Radford's, your, um, your Yemis, Chans, Alex Benham, players that have like been at the club for a while and have, and have, you know, for whatever reason, I think probably through the transformation of the reserves ended up find, finding themselves about, um, without having that week in, week out football that, that, that everybody wants when you signed on to a football team. I think the Colts was a perfect sort of home or resting spot for most of those players over the course of the season. Yeah, well, obviously when when we when we brought the idea of the the Colts to the club, the the idea for it would be we can we'll make it as competitive as we can, but it's there as a to kind of develop players who like you, Josh Watts, who may have just come into adult football, or maybe the lads that aren't getting the game time they want at the moment or the game time that they, their performances or their ability deserve, but there's already people that are performing in the teams higher above them, you know? So tr- trying to find that balance as well um, is testament to, to, to you and, and how you've handled it because what we, what we were hoping was what happened, you know, Colts of, gelled really well together yeah it's been it's been rocky at times but you know lumping loads of lads together <clears throat> some of them not in the positions that they feel most comfortable because you're still trying to figure out <laughs> what formation who plays well where who links up with who best who you can who you can trust the leaders there's so many different things that go into a team and the fact that you were coming in and doing it it was it was good to see. It was good to see that we. It was like everyone was kind of on the same or similar wavelength, you know. Hmm. But yeah, all, all those lads kind of. <clears throat> it's good that they they seem like they're they're staying as well. They're sticking around the club, and I'd love to see them play more. I know, I know Tom Wood, and kind of, hey, they've had their their test this season now. You know, next season it's right. How can we kick on? How can I develop as a player into into a better player? That's that's got to be the aim, I reckon. Absolutely. And if if you've established yourself in in the Colts, then you know the for me the next step. And and we've seen it through the through the course of the season. You've had players like like Liam, uh, like Jack Sibley, who have started off in in the Colts and. You know there is that pathway. I think it's you know the the Wessex pathway through the through the reserve team into the first team. It's it's already shown itself this season. Um, of course, there will be players that that through injury or through lack of form will will sort of go down in, from the first into the reserves and from the reserves into the Colts. But I was 
I wasn't anticipating for it to happen um, as quickly as it did. Um, you know, and, and there's been times this season where, you know, Liam has gone up. Uh, we've had we've had Jack who's gone up. We've also had Debo that's gone up. Sol Parsons has had a call up. You know, things like that. And, and Cam, Cam Bryce has, has done it as well. So it's, it's shown that if you do, if you do apply yourself in the Colts, you're not just stuck there. It's not like what the A team used to be, and the A team was just a dumping ground for mm-hmm. for the players who were too old or really, really quite poor at football. Um, and it, it, it kind of you had to really strive to get out of that A team. And I remember looking back when I played in it, me and Trachy, we did one season down in the A team, and then we were in the reserves the next season. But that was the next season. It wasn't after five or six games or yeah. after however long it was because it was so, so separated and stovepiped into their individual teams, you know, no matter what I did or what Trotty did or what Scotty Harrison did or whoever else it was, you were there until the end of the season. And you were only probably going into the reserves because someone else left or something like that. And we all wanted that to, to not be the case when the Colts was introduced there were moments and times where players didn't want to play for the Colts, um, but we managed that as a as a management team. Um, a couple of a couple of the players don't play for Wessex anymore, and that probably demonstrates what what we want at the club is that one club, that one mentality of it's a Wessex shirt. It doesn't matter what team it is. If you're pulling a Wessex shirt on, you've got to go out there and give it 110. percent So that's what we wanted, and I think. I don't think we nailed it with the Colts. I think there's still some ways to go to to get everybody at the club thinking, do you know, I don't care because it's a competitive environment. So you want to play at the top, um, but it's okay to, to, to drop down and I'm using air quotes, but it's okay to drop down to the Colts and help them out, you know, for, for a couple of games. And, and, and again, we've seen that over the course of the season with, with, with players like Chan coming in, um, Yemi did it a couple of times. Steph Aspel did it. Chairs Munther, yourself, Tom. You know, when you look at yeah. it, have you six? Have you sixty-three players this season? <laughs> Which I think is a little <laughs> bit less. It's less than what Trachy used in in the reserves, but it's still a it's a huge number of players to use over the course of a quite a short season. When you play twenty-four games. I think that's expected. I I think that's expected from from a Colts point of view. If if you had an established fifteen mm. after after two three games, I'd be severely worried about <laughs> your <laughs> you know how how you've managed to get these lads who a are they good enough? B are they committed? You know that type of I, I would be worried. I, I would, mm. but. The fact that you've used that many just shows that how kind of open we are to to trying new things and trying lads who we've seen at training and you know we've seen them maybe play in the reserves and they're not quite at that level yet so that they'll, they'll drop down a couple mm. lads have done a bit of a yo-yo a yo-yo motion where they you know they dip in form so they come back down to the reserves or the or the colts and they go back up that's the whole point of having um, you know, a, a three-team club. You know, it, it's you can interchange between any three of them, and there should be the same mindset. 
in uh, mm. in every one. And I think in the majority of games that we've played, the, the Colts reserves and first team, the the morale has been similar. Everyone wants to win. And they want Wessex to succeed. That's the overarching, you know, thought and, and motivation. And and some some players need to be humbled a little bit. You know, so some players think that oh Colts. I'm not singling anyone out, but I'm just saying that some some players think oh Colts. That's the that's the litter team, right? That's the the bottom of the barrel, right? Mm. It's really not. You go down there, that same fight and drive that's reflected in the reserves and the first team is there. And if you don't, if you go down there and you don't show it, you let the team down and you let yourself down. Yeah, I, I agree. When I, I was having a chat with, with Connor O'Neill before um, one of our games towards the end of the season and and he was like, every single time we come out and play, he was like, we have the same preparation. We're out half an hour before kickoff. We're always doing the warm-up. We're always doing the right things. We're always prepared. Um, of course, you've got to turn that into performance. But there were so many times over the course of the season that I think if you would have just looked at the way that the Colts prepared a game, you know, preparing for a game, you wouldn't have been able to tell that they're a Div Five team, um, and and it showed over the course of the season. We, you know, we beat a Div, we beat a Div Three team mm. in the cup. You know, we 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 narrowly went out in the cup in the next round to a Div Two team, and that that's down to the the preparation that that we put in as a whole club, and that when players do you know, drop down or, or whatever you want to call it to, to into the Colts team. Um, they're not rocking up and everyone's having a, having a laugh and, and not doing the right thing, not getting warmed up, not preparing properly. No, no, you, you turn up to a Wessex game and it's the same across all three teams. Of course, the standard is higher in the reserves and the standard is higher again in the first team. Um, but, that's natural, though, isn't it? That's, the stru- that's yeah, the, stru- the structure is there, and and that's what I demanded from myself and from the players when when we when we started the Colts was this is not a place to just if you want to turn up on a Saturday and and not try to win a game of football then then you're not welcome you're not going to do well in this team because I don't give up my weekends and neither does you know the other thirteen lads here on the match day we don't give up our weekends or our Saturday afternoons to get smashed all over the park by a team who want it we have to be that team that wants it um, so yeah that that was that was big for us over the course of the season yeah it, it's, it's good that, and like I said I said you know recently that next year is going to be big next year is going to be about how the Colts team can kick on um, with that, with that, you know, that promotion. It's going to be, it's going to f- put fire in everyone's belly more so than they had before. Cause obviously you should have that anyway, but having that fire in your belly of like, right, we're the new team on the block. We've had a season together now. Let's kick on to get another promotion. That's, that's the, that should be the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Without doubt, because there will be teams that we play, you know, if if we say go up into Div Four, the, the majority of the teams from Div Five will <laughs> de facto go into that league. So we'll be playing, you know, sometimes the same, some of the same teams that we played this season. But the difference is now is that we earn our way into that division. We're there because we got a promotion 
that's based off of performance over the course of a season, not just because they folded the entire league and you just ended up in Div 4. So, um, you know, that's the mentality we've got to go in with. And and also there'll be, there'll be teams that have been around for years, you know, that, that have their core 15, 16, 17 every single week. Um, and we'll get called out for it the same as we did this season. You're playing ringers, you know, all oh, that he's different. That bloke's different. Um, we're not, you know, we, we had, <laughs> yes, okay, we played 63 players over the course of the season. All legal. Absolutely all legal. And there were moments, there were times where, you know, I had the club at my disposal. I had 100 players to choose from because the Colts were the only team playing that, that week. But we always stuck to the rules, even though at times it was very frustrating with the rule changes after the new year. Yeah, um, We always stuck to it. And, and the players... That, that played for the Colts are in a promotion this season, every single one of them, whether you played one game or you played 18 games, it, it, every single player who came came to, to play in the Colts earned that promotion that that yeah, that, that was that was right. And we are we earned that over the course of the season, even though you know we did have a wobble towards the end. Um we'll always look back on the season as a whole as a as a positive one in the best way first season with a promotion yeah I mean you can't really you can't really top that aside from getting you know winning the title but I, I think second second place and promotion was very deserved um, so you, you've you kind of you know talked a little bit about the lads who have been there for you this season the guys who have been there you know all year what kind of what you said Josh Watt had 18 appearances. Was he your was he your most capped player? Is there is there more that are around him? Or was he a stand was he a standout in time in terms of you know the game time he had? What what were we looking at? So Connor O'Neill had it had 19 appearances, eight goals, six assists, just a brilliant season from from O Bagsman. Connor um, Bagsman who's also who's also apparently the fastest player at the club. Um, yeah, to be that that needs to be confirmed actually at JMG Day. So that's uh, soon come that as well. That's a good shout. We can we can also dig nil um we can also dig nil up, can't we? Because <laughs> he played on the tr- weekend, tr- what about Trotty just keeps banging on that Neil Thomas is despite being I think he's a couple of years older than me, so you know, fifty one or whatever he is now. Um uh, Nate Radford would be correct to me as he's listening to this because he's Neil's greatest fan. Well, but, you know, I think he's the same. I think uh, Radford's pretty uh, same speed as Neil. Do you think? Uh, maybe, yeah. If he sh- if he trims his beard, <laughs> and some, and some of that leg hair, some of that leg hair. Um, but no, so so yeah, Bagsman had nineteen. Um, Josh was second with with eighteen. Radford fifteen, Cam Bryce fourteen, and then it yeah it just keep, keeps going. Obviously, obviously down, but over over the course of the season, sixty three used, um, and and I played eight times, wow. which I was surprised about. How I'm surprised it was that many. Um, but yeah, I made eight appearances over the course of the season, which was absolutely out of necessity rather than wanting to play myself because. 
you know, we spoke about it over the course of the season and you, you know it yourself and Tom knows it. Being a manager and playing at the same time um, is incredibly difficult. And I find it difficult being a manager, let alone yeah. trying to play at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I can safely say out of those eight, I only enjoyed one of them. Um, but that was because we were cruising at the time when I bought myself on um, out of a bit of vanity, I think. In what, what position did you come on in, by the way? Um, so in that, I came on as a cam against Hartcliffe because Kim, Kim was up top. He was. So, and I, I didn't want to, he was also on a hot, on a hat trick. So I think, yeah, if Kim doesn't already dislike me, um, he definitely would, he definitely would have done if I, if I pulled him, you know, whilst he was on a hat trick and, and he was going to get one against that team because even though they came back in mad fashion in the second half of the season to finish quite respect. Uh, I think they finished third in the end, Hartcliffe. They were, they were all over the shop in the first half of the season. We, we beat them 7-1 that game. But yeah, I scored scored one goal this season and, and it was in that game. I was going to say, yeah, you got a nifty little goal there, didn't you? Yeah, it was a tap-in. Goal's a goal, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it, it won as, it, it won, it won a contender for goal of the season. Now, speaking of which, <laughs> brings me on to my next point. Um, but no, no, seriously, in terms of like your your goal scorers and your assists, what kind of what are the charts looking like? How how have they ended? How have they ended the season? Because obviously, we at Wessex count goals and assists because we do. So- funny to watch people get angry over who should have had a goal and who should have had an assist. So oh, the debate oh, on the so- chat is legendary. Oh. It is. Um, I had so many texts about when there was an own goal and whether you can have an assist for an own goal or whether indeed it should have been an own goal because they touched it before it touched the the opposition player. Who what's you, what's the your net. view on that? What's your view on that? I'm old school. I don't think you should get an assist for an own goal. No, you're not old school. That- you're not old school. You're just wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. that's, that's one way of looking we, at it. We go by fantasy Premier League rules here, oh, right. okay. or at least in the first team we do. Um, if if it's, yeah, the, the, I'm not going to explain it because I've gone for ages, but the assists are somewhat generous because it's just more fun. It's just more fun that way. It's more fun. And that's what we want. We want fun. <laughs> we want fun. We want fun. That but, um, fun. So- <laughs> so to go go back to the goals, we've got Cam Cam Bryce topped the the Colts um charts with 10, 10 goals in 14 appearances. Very respect very respectable for Cam there. Yeah, that's good. Um Conor O'Bagsman O'Neill, O fast man, 19 appearances. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. That's even better. <laughs> Conor O'Fastman. It makes um, it makes no sense only if it hasn't been improved. Only mm-hmm. a JMG day, can we call him that? That's true. Uh, 19, 19 appearances, eight goals, six assists. You know, very, very impressive stats there for, for Con, who um, who for, he would argue for 90% of the season, maybe 95% of the season was mm-hmm. being played out of his out of position. Which no, I, Con is not, I disagree. He doesn't like I disagree wing. with. He doesn't, have you not heard? Have you, he may not have told you. What? He might not have. He may, he may not have put it in all caps in, in the text here. 
Um, <laughs> but no, all, all jokes aside, he started out there. And I think even at the start of this season, he was enjoying it um, with the amount of goals and, and assists that he was getting out there. I think he became more frustrated as the season went on. Um, he he became less, he didn't become less effective out on the wing. I think we just, I think either teams found us out or, um, or yeah, I think maybe his concentration was maybe wanting to be a, a central midfielder where when he did play there, he played, he did play well. But central midfield is probably the one position at this football club that we're not struggling with. Um, if I had an app to, to transfer a central midfielder into a goalkeeper, I think I'd buy it because, yeah, it's 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 a struggle. But yeah, Connor, Connor did really well for me this season, and, and obviously, you know, was instrumental in in scoring big big goals, assisting big big goals for us alongside Cam. You know, who they they both they were both big for me this season, and then in third spot, um, the lesser known. Ben Pridis, who only appeared in, in in eight games for me this season, but but bagged six goals, um, and and yeah, I think in injury um, frustrated him this season, um, as well as sort of team selection and, and things like that, which sometimes didn't didn't go his way or he thought didn't go in his favour. Um, but over the course of the season, those three aside, we had twenty four scorers in the in the Colts so you know a healthy a healthy return across you know goals spread all over the shop um really and and luckily Trimble only got one so that's luckily. good yeah he's nowhere near the golden boot thank thank god <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think I could have stomached doing that at presentation it feels 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 wrong it feels yeah wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, he only appeared once for me. You, you, you had more appearances for me than than Tom did, um, and did. you set up three goals when when you you come and played for me. So that Aux- that shows auxiliary striker. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, we'll come we'll come to that in in, <laughs> in team of the season, won't we? But, um, oh gosh, controversy <laughs> con- controversy is <laughs> already brewing. Indeed, but. No, it was it was a healthy a healthy set of goals. Like I say, having twenty four different players score over the course of the season was was good. Um, as a real positive, we, you know, we were we were kind of we we scored over the course of the season on the stats. We scored two and a half goals per game, which which is good. Obviously, um, the only downside was that we conceded one point six. Uh, and that really cost us. We only had three clean sheets over the course of the season, which mm. is not that, you know, that needs, that has to improve. Um, and you can't just blame a goalkeeper or a defence on that. That's a whole team thing where we were conceding goals. Um, and we'll we'll probably come to highs and lows, but, you know, conceding five against Rockley's D, for example, you know, when we look back at that now, they were the absolute whipping boys in that league. The fact that we conceded five against them, yeah, was was, was horrendous. I'd be interested. I'd like to know how many they scored all season. They only scored thirty-two all season. Five against us, you know, that's that's poor. I think that just shows that it was a far from perfect season, though. 
like like yeah. we said, there's gonna be you know the first the first season for you boys in, in the Colts. There's gonna be cracks, and there's gonna be some some large cracks. It, it, that's just how it is. Um, the you kind of get you kind of get not let off, but for the first season, it's like okay, it's your first season. Don't worry, we'll just get through it. See how we are come the end of the season, and then build on the next one. The issue is obviously if those same issues are still present next season or the season after, that's when you look at it and you go right, something's not quite right. I need to change something. Mm. Um, but again, that's something that that's going to come in, and you know, as a management committee and 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 you know, as a manager, you'll, you'll be able to see those things. That's that's just how that's just how it is, and I think we, we've done quite well of, of pointing out and advising each other on on things throughout the season. Um, but you, you just mentioned kind of the the high, the highs and the lows. Obviously, it being such an up and down season, do you do you have any kind of memories of like lasting memories of positive times, or is it more kind of like you got those negative ones? What's what's what kind of comes to your to your mind? I mean, the predominant one in in terms of positives, I'll start with positives. Obviously, winning our first game against Corinthians away, um, that was. That was big for, for me and and for the for the club because I, I was obviously going into the first proper league game, you know the nervous, the anticipation, um, all of that kind of positive and negative emotion um, was yeah it was it was all there. But coming away with the win was was big, um, and I think you know we 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 battered a couple of teams this season. You know we hit seven against Hartcliffe in the league, seven against Castle Green in the Cup, uh, six against AC Bristol. AC Bristol were, were, were right up there for promotion when we played them. They ended up falling right away. Unfortunately for them, they were a good bunch of kids. Their manager was a pretty decent bloke as well. Um, so those those big games, you know, where we where we, we won quite handsomely, scored eight, eight against Rockleys away. So big, big, big games. Nice, nice amount of of goals scored in those. But I think for me, the standout result of the season in a positive way was the home win against Stoke Gifford when we played them in the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoke Gifford, the team that lost fourteen one against Trutch's lot. Yeah. Um, so there was a there was a little bit of oh this could, this could end up being quite a simple game for us actually turned into a, a war of, of kinds it was it was a a real sort of 45 minutes that we we looked fantastic and then a 45 minutes where we had to be fantastic at defending yeah um, and we end up grinding out a 2-1 win but to do that that we we really we really sort of I think that was at the moment where for me the belief was truly there that we could We've we've got a team and we can do bits, um, both in the league and 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 in the cup. Unfortunately, we 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 played Mangotsfield A A team in in the in the next round, but again we only lost two one to a Div two team, and we weren't at it that day, and myself included, we weren't at it that day. But I think if we would have turned up with a bit of fire in our belly and 
and maybe put in a few crunching tackles to set the set the standard early doors. I think we we, we probably would have we probably would have done them. Um, but also at the same time, that was that was a difficult game because there was a little bit of um, there was a little bit of there was un, a little bit of there were unsettled players because of the way that I selected the team, and that was also a, a, a bit of a bit of a low because that was the real that was the first time I really felt a little not out of my depth, but I I, I remember coming away from that thinking, did I make the right choice in? And bringing in a couple of first teamers, which I was allowed to do under the rules, under the regulations of the, the cup and the league and things like that, we're allowed to do it. But it it did frustrate and annoy a couple of players. Mm. Um, but the mentality at this football club has to be that we we go we go out to win games, and there are levels to football, um, and and you're you have to recognise that. I remember when I played you know, a thousand years ago for Wessex. And there were players out there that I couldn't lace their boots. And Lewis Perryman was one and, and a couple of players may know him and may have seen his name down on, on JMG, you know, days and things like that, squads. But honestly, he was he was worlds worlds above the level that I that I was at. So there was no way Gaffer, you know, Sean was ever going to pick me for the first team. Um, because of how good Lewis was, and there was there was two or three players, Nicky Blackmore, um, Jamie Carnavelli, or these players who were better than me. But I knew that, and if I was dropped because Nicky Blackmore, you know, someone else was coming in to play in my position, um, it would have hurt. But for mm. the team, I would have cracked on with it, and I would have just been like, no, let's win the game, and then, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll I'll have a chat with the, with the manager maybe, but. It's all about mindset. Ways of, isn't it? It's it just... is. It is. I think that was the first time I realised that the mindset, and I said it after the game, we need to be matching the mindset above the Colts at this football club. If you just think you're going to be one of fifteen or one of fourteen every week, find a different club. And I stand by that even now. And I know we don't want to lose players, don't want to open the door to players to leave, but also in a way. If you're not there to compete for your place, then you've got to have a long look, you've got to have a long hard look at yourself because honestly, you know, there's always someone around the corner to take to take your to take your job, take your position, and you've got to be prepared to fight for it. Yeah, I think there's I think there's players that I mean I couldn't have said that about myself to be fair, but there's you know players at every football club that you know, think they should be involved <clears throat> in every decision, every game, every match, every lineup, <clears throat> even every move on the pitch. It's just about taking a step back and thinking, right, I'm here for the, I'm here to improve the team. I'm here because I'm part of this club and I wear the badge on my chest and I want them to succeed. You know, the sooner everybody gets in that similar mindset, the sooner the club will thrive more so. So it's just about some people do have different mindsets. That's just how it is, you know, different backgrounds, different cultures, different upbringings. Um, and it doesn't always work. And that's fair. That's fair enough. If some players, we, we could lose quality players because they don't have the same mindset as as us. That's fair enough. If, if they don't want to get on what we're trying to promote, we're not going to force them to. 
no. you can't you can't force someone to change their their ideas and their their motivations. No, absolutely not. And and you're right. It's part of you know you look at I don't know you look at the best teams in the, in the world and you look at the fact that rarely um, they play a, a, a the same eleven or they rarely have the same squad every single week. You know, look at Liverpool, look at Manchester City. They're they're always rotating. You know, their squads always resting players because of the demands of football, and and of course we're nowhere near that level. But it's the same. It's the, the same principle. You still need to to have rotation. There will always be injuries. There will always be a dip in form. There will always be maybe a change in formation, um, things like that. And if you're not if you're not dying to to be involved in men's football by being maybe let down, maybe feeling like you should have played better, maybe feeling like you should have got man of the match, you should have, you know, got player of the season, whatever it is that you think you're entitled to, you've sometimes it doesn't go that way. And we've got a young, we've got a load of young lads, you know, uni lads, lads who are sort of under under 25. Everyone's younger than me, but yeah, you're the uh, over 40, aren't you? All right, mate. Um, yeah so but it's about teaching that men's football mentality which is it won't always go your way you're going to get kicked up in the air you're going to get hurt it's about how you recover that that will dictate the player that you're going to be if you're going to stay down and and get substituted off or if you're going to let that affect the rest of your game then it ain't for you unfortunately no you're not indirecting anyone there are you Hoops? I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking right at you, mate. <laughs> uh, banter. Anyway, uh, goal of the season. I believe we're on now, mate. And what's the uh, what's the old what's on the old chestnut for that? What's because I was going to say it's it's much easier when you've got VO, and there's been a couple of times this season when you have had VO. Yeah, obviously you can see the goal in all its glory, uh, but. You know, that's not always happened for you this season, has it? Because obviously the first team have priority, then if the reserves are on, we've only got mm. two tripods and one of them's been broken for most of the season. So <clears throat> we uh what's what kind of goals have you scored? Who has been seeing the name in, in lights? Well, we we scored sixty-one, and unlike the reserves podcast, I won't go through each one of them <laughs> in intricate detail. What do you mean? I've got four painful. hours to spare. Have you? Have you? Cool. Okay. Well, the first one is Connery now on the fourth of September. Um, but no, uh, I, I, I kind of looked at so the, I, when I look at the ones that would be actually on the VO. There's only one that would be on the VO. Um, but yeah, I'll go through the ones that I think deserve an honourable mention, and then I'll go through my top three. Very nice. James Atwell scored an absolute worldie against Rock Lees in our second game of the season. Um, it was it was certainly a goal that I think if the VA would have been there, it would have been immense to have seen it. I think he was 30 yards out and it just sort of screamed into the screamed into the top right hand side of the of the goal, top of the net, postage stamp sort of stuff. Um Unfortunately, it did. It, it you know it, it contributed to a draw. It would have been unreal and probably would have been higher up the list had it have been the winner. Yeah, um, but that, that's an honourable mention. Another one um, is Ben Pridis in our uh, cup game against Stoke Gifford. Um, 
keeper slices his goal kick, it, it lands. Well, it doesn't even land at his feet. He has to control it on his chest, brings it down from, I'd probably say about 35 yards out, and he just bent it. Again, postage stamp. Uh, and that, that put us 2-1 up. Important uh, sorry, goal, that, two, that, that put us 2-0 up. Yeah, it was a big big goal for us. Um, ben Pridis, when when he has it about him, he's got such a sweet connection with the ball and he can strike it so cleanly. Um, and that was one of those situations where it all just came together really well for him. His touch was, was super. He got it down, controlled it well, knocked it out of his feet and then stuck it top bins. I mean, unreal. Yeah, and he had to put it there as well because the keeper did recover himself quite quite well. He was, you know, on his line, ready to to make a save. But I don't think the best goalkeeper in Div Three or mm-hmm. or probably even at our level would have would have saved that. Um, another one, a couple of weeks later, Caleb uh, against Supreme Sports. Um, just again, a bit probably from a little bit further out and from close to the touchline, just sort of smashed it towards goal, went over the goalkeeper who was probably around about eight or ten yards off his goal line. Um, after a after a throw in, just just absolutely <laughs> smashed it, um, and that that brought us back at that time. I think that brought us back to to three all. So that was again like a big goal for us, but the top three, um, obviously in, in in backwards order, starting with number three, was was Liam Gardner, goalkeeper. Of course, of course. We're at Fry's. It was a, a a disgusting day. It was windy. It was rainy. I, I can't remember what storm it was, but it, you know, it was it was definitely a storm. And Liam kicked the ball out of his hands, and it. Just caught the wind. I actually get. I've given an assist to the wind on the on the app. <laughs> uh, the wind has an assist on on the team app. But yeah, Liam just he, he kicks it out of his hands. And fair play, it was Char- Charlie Kempson was was doing the line for me at the time. And all I remember is as soon as it left his foot, CK just went, "That's going in." <laughs> and you know, you know, it was like a as a you know. As, as an older, more established person, I was like, yeah, right, mate. And it just caught the, it just caught the wind and the wind just took it. It bounced about 18 yards out over the goalkeeper and went in. And it's the only goal that I've celebrated by running on the pitch this season. I literally ran up to him <laughs> and, and gave him a big hug. It was, it was, it was a bizarre goal to, to see. Not on the VO, obviously, but. Obviously, did it yeah. even happen? I don't know. Well, do you know what the league will tell you it didn't because it was against Cosmos who ended up folding. So that win that we, we got against them, it didn't even count because probably, they they they, they fell out of the league. Cosmos, but Cosmos, Cosmos, what's, whatever. What's a Cosmos, Cosmos. Um, yeah, Cosmos, the famous all-you-can-eat restaurant. Yeah, another football team this season. No blessing, but goals a goal, and Liam. I don't think he's mentioned it. I don't think he's mentioned the fact he scored this season. I think he needs to do it more so, just so everyone's mm. aware. I think as soon as this podcast released, he might start adding people again in the chat about it. <laughs> do you remember I, I, uh, I scored? Yeah, do you remember that? And, it, and trust me, if the VA would have been there that day, 
it would have just been reposted in the players' chat every day, every single day. <laughs> um, second spot, an unreal goal from Mo El Zaidi um, against um, against AC Bristol. I think you were on the pitch um, when, when we played them. It, it was the first. Yeah, it was the first. The first game we played them away. It was such a horrible, horrible pitch they've got up there. But honestly, it was. Um, Mo, uh, yeah, Mo just scored this unbelievable sort of like I don't what would you call it? Was do you think it was a volley or a, a scissor kick? It was it was an unbelievable goal that he scored. He just I'm not thinking of the right one, I'm not thinking of the right one. Um, the, the technique he used to to get it in from where he was on the pitch was just unbelievable. The ball came in probably about head height and he just I think it was with his weaker foot as well me and Lynn were stood there and we just we couldn't believe what we just watched Lynn said it was one I think Lynn said it was one of the best goals she's ever seen and and it it, it was an, an again it was an unreal goal that, that's some praise yeah yeah and and number one it was one we caught on the VO it was a goal against Hartcliffe and it was Connor O'Neill Oh, I was yeah. on the pitch. I was on the pitch when this happened, um, so you knew the game was going well. Uh, but but <laughs> yeah, game to bed. I, I remember running. I remember running. I remember waddling through, <laughs> and I was kind of like shouting for the ball, and he just got took the ball out of his feet and just smashed it. And and yeah, I just remember pointing at the VO. I just just remember pointing at the VO and thinking, "That's crazy." Was it not? Then, yeah. Was it not rolling to him already? Was it not a first time hit from what I remember? I think it might have been. Because yeah, it, it, it travelled. Similarly it, to what you said, um, Kempson said, I can definitely tell that as soon as he hit it, people went, that's in. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's travelling. Yeah. And I remember at the time he was gassing it up, saying it was the goal of the season. And I think I wrote it into my match report saying it was goal of the season contender. But considering, you know, we've scored... A lot of goals, sixty-one goals, um, some some absolute whoppers in there uh, for sure. But I think that one for me stood out for the quality of it um, for sure. That was yeah, that that was the goal of the season for me. Yeah, no, I think he, I think there can't be too many complaints with that. I also think Con Con's goal against was it Corinthians away. Mm. The the one that came to him on the edge of the box and on that pitch with the horrible bobble, he did it first time and it's it's kind of just yeah. arrowed in. Um, so I was in goal, so I, I I was watching it from behind, and again it was like you say, as soon as you as soon as he hits it, as soon as he hits it, I was like, unless the keeper pulls off an unbelievable save, that's a that's a goal. That's a at the time that got us back to one all because I think I've already said that I played in goal. But Are you a keeper, part-time keeper, or no, no? I can't. What, I can't volleyball, wasn't the it? Performance again. It was, yeah, so I did. A, I did a really good set or dig or whatever you call it. I, I, I really set did to the opponent. I really did. Um, yeah, I made myself look a bit silly. The VA was on that day as well, so yeah, I might have to try and make sure that gets deleted. But oh, we've got it. Don't um, you worry. Thanks, mate. That's end of season low low lights right there. 
<laughs> but no, that, that again, that that was mm. that was one that was in my mind. But because I because I gave him the the goal of the season, I you know for the Colts anyway, goal of the season for the Colts. Um, I didn't want to gas him up too much. No, of course. Um, but so that that's it. At the moment, we've got Connor O'Neill for the Colts, and we've got Cam Bryce for the reserve team for goal of the season. So it was just on on you and Trumbull now to to tell us who you're. Tim, Tim Trumbull. Uh, Tim Trumbull. Stay tuned for the next episode of the podcast to find out who who gets it for the first team. Well, I was going to say steady on, mate. We've got we've got team of the season to get through. Yeah, I hope oh. you're sitting comfortably. <laughs> but um, this you said, and this is going to be hard because you like you said you used was it sixty three players, sixty three players, sixty one goals scored. You know, was it sixty one? Or my, mm-hmm. it was sixty-one. Yeah, sixty-one. Um, yeah, so like, there's there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot of really solid performances. Who is, who's in your team of the season, mate? Please enlighten me. Okay, so yeah, sixty-three players used. Um, three goalkeepers, lol. Um, <laughs> but two two proper <laughs> two proper goalkeepers. Um, a volleyball player. Uh, and one really, really old volleyball player. Uh, but you know, I've got I've got Liam in as my goalkeeper. Um, yeah. over, over the course of the season, um, Liam played twelve games for me and got three clean sheets. It's a good return. Um, it's not the best. I know he would want to do better, but I also know he's done bits up in the reserves and in the first team, getting clean sheets there as well. So, you know. It's his first season at Wessex and he, he really came into a, a new squad um, and he was a really well-liked member of the Colts, really well-liked member of the club now. Um, so, yeah, for me, Liam, Liam's my goalkeeper in, in, in team of the season for the Colts. His kick-in... Yeah, sorry, carry on. No, I was going to say his kick-in improved drastically from, from when we first seen him. His handling, like his shot-stopping in some of the games that we've played, I remember, remember the game against AC Bristol, remember the game against Hartcliffe, where I was putting voice notes into the manager's chat after the game on the way, on the drive home, you know, as we always, as we all do after the game, sat always. in the car, driving back, we drop a voice note and, and do our summary of the game. And I remember waxing lyrical about Liam and, and I know Ron, Ron Avery, you know who's who's the head of the the goalkeeping community, or at least was head of the goalkeeping community at Wessex. Um, always cast a critical eye, not just on Liam, but just in general. That's the sort of bloke that he is. Um, and when I would talk about Liam, you know, even he, to a certain extent, couldn't deny um, him that opportunity of of going up into the reserve team because um, he's a hard man to please. But I know Liam even though he needs to improve in certain areas of his game, as, as everybody does. He, he definitely made that position his, but obviously Al Benham, who's an honourable mention, mm. you know, came, came in and played nine games for me. Um, unfortunately, he didn't keep a clean sheet in those nine games, but still, like, his his shot stop him. You know what it's like. You've played with Al yeah. for years, you know, even at 11 aside is unbelievable but even when when he was playing for for Wessex in in the eight aside stuff like some of the saves that he makes just don't make sense 
he just gets in the way, which is which is good for a for a keeper to get in the way. But he does it really well. Mm. <clears throat> and you might not always think it when you, when you look at him, but his positioning um, in some of those games, he does get he does get right, and and the saves that he makes, they are top quality. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Liam in as goalkeeper. So yeah, what what I was going to ask was what what formation are you going for? So so throughout the season, um, I kind I always went for uh, a four two three one formation with with two deeper midfielders. So that'd be that'll be what I what I take into team of the season. So I'll go for my right back next. Yeah, go for it. Mind. Go for it, mate. Uh, so even though I know this player doesn't. He wouldn't probably call this a preferred position, but it's a position that he found himself playing for me on on the regular this season. Um, and it's Caleb, Caleb Thomas. He played three games for me at right back, and I know he's a, a, a central defender. Um, and I know he's played for you in a three as well um, when, yeah. when you've played when you've played him. But out of out of necessity, I I, I put Caleb out on the right hand side right back and, and just wanted him to do a job but he did far more than that in the games that he played for me um, he set up a goal um, scored three from that position um, <laughs> over the season like yeah just just a like I say new player to the club said it earlier on you know, he came, came along during the last season to, to our presentation just a great kid to have at the club Um really solid player puts 110% in can throw the ball further than yeah than it makes sense uh but that that that's a that's a tactical and that's just that's something that, that's come come in handy and and we've used that to, to great effect um but just in general you know out of the players that played there over the course of the season we have Sam Ashley who played there a couple of times um uh Omar uh played there a couple of times as well but but generally, I think over the course of the season, Caleb really cemented that spot for himself. I was going to say it never seemed like a spot that had one real player there. Each like every week, it was it was a bit of a you know a who's who on on right backs. So I completely understand why you would have done that. To be fair, and and do you know why I think that is? I think it's because it's so settled elsewhere in the club. There's no real <laughs> rotation there. Yeah. Like I, I had Munther play there a couple of times this season as well in the in the cup games and things like that. But yeah, I think when when I look at it over the course of over the course of the season, I know right back and left back has been has been an area where I think we need to improve going into next season for the Colts. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I feel like if you can bolster kind of those positions, um it's in, the, in us in the first team towards the second half of the season, those were the only two positions we changed um, because due to like availability or, or who we wanted in, in each desired, you know, position. So having fullbacks that are, it's, it's hard, it's hard to find a fullback nowadays, but a fullback that isn't like a, a winger, you know, mm. What you want a fullback? Sometimes you want a fullback to do a fullback's job, and sometimes putting a centre back there is is a is a way of doing it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not what 
it's not how I want to play, but actually Caleb fit well into mm-hmm. that because, you know, on, on that, on, on both sides, there, there are players that can get forward and, and are effective at getting forward, but really it's their recovery and it's their ability to put in a well-timed challenge and their distribution as well, really, really sort of cements them in, in that, in that sort of position. So like going on from that, it, it left back. Um, it's a player that that started off the season. Well, actually, didn't start off the season for me um, because he was on he was on my bench, but very quickly established himself in the Colts, um, and then went up into the first team, and that's Jack Sibley. Um, yeah, yeah. First game of the season, I, I picked Billy. Uh, Billy started there because of what I'd seen in preseason, and. You know, without exposing the manager's chat too much, and the conversation that happened when when the the squad was named, there were some question marks over the selection from from you know from within the manager's community, and and it was the first real opportunity, or it was the first real chance or time where I I knew I had a job on my hands because I wasn't just picking the the team. You know, it was you guys were helpfully sort of giving us giving me your opinion on 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 what was going on and um but anyway jack really you know after the first game he came on the sub in the first game um and just made the position his own his ability to his strike of the ball um you know from from deep positions being able to distribute really really well his his recovery his challenge everything really about him epitomized what i wanted as a as a player in that team, we would just scrap and fight for everything and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't give it up. And and I, you know, he was like my cully at the start of the season. As soon as I clamped eyes on him and seen him play, I was like, that's that's what I want at this team. That's what that's who we need in this team to to win games. Yeah, no, exactly. I think he's very deserve very deserving of that. It's almost a shame from a, a Colts perspective that he went to crack on and he played reserves for a considerable amount and then he ended he finished the season in the first team. Um which is just testament yeah. to how how right and how good his attitude and how he applied himself um, and how he mm. kind of constructed how he was gonna see the season. You know, he said that he wasn't fit, he wasn't as fit as he'd like to be. Um but he settled in so well that some of the stuff that some of the tackles that he makes and, and, and the recovery runs, some of them are just next level and it always gets a cheer every time, every time he puts in one of those meaty tackles, you hear it from the sidelines. Everybody loves it. It, it. it doesn't make sense sometimes as well. Like what he does you, you without, without wanting to, to sound, you know, mean or disrespectful. He doesn't look like he can make those those sort of recoveries. He, he's no. he's he's a big built kiddie, um, and like you say, he's not as fit as he as he would like to be. And I'd love to see him in, do a preseason and, and really, you know, get fit and and you know, come back looking like a different player, if you like, but still with that mentality and that same drive to to put the challenge in. Because I think. He's established himself in a way in the first team anyway, but goodness me, if he if he came back in preseason, match fit, you know, maybe shed a couple of pounds, uh, he would just be 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether <laughs> I don't know whether I'd like to see that. It'd scare me a bit. I think <clears throat> it's yeah. I, I've I've seen the way that people bounce off him. Like he's a, he's a train mm. when he gets moving. Um, and you do worry. You do worry only a little bit about the opponent he comes up against when he when he makes one of those tackles because you know they're going to feel it. Yeah, um, that's what he, I loved. I loved just watching the, the whoever the winger was on the right hand side. You could almost see them rubbing their hands when they seen that they were going up against Jacket left back, and I, I never, I was never concerned because I was like, "Mate, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> give, give it a couple of minutes. You're, you're going to be, you're going to switch sides. I can see it." And he'd always like, get straight back up, wouldn't he? Hmm. Always straight back up as if he's just done nothing. Like nothing has just yeah. happened. The other guy's got his leg in two pieces on the ground, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, cool, just carry on." Yeah, we've got the air ambulance on the way. <laughs> Sibley's taking the throw in, like it's crazy. Um, that's your left and then, back. That's my left back. So then going into the central defenders, um, this was a difficult one. There was a lot of rotation in in that position for me over the course of the season. Um, even though, you know, it wasn't really bought on by the fact that there were call ups. If you like, it's not like. Um, like with Jack, where where you know a player was called up and and was taken away, if you like, from the Colts, um, we had injuries in that position, but also just rotation and in the players not being available, um, and both players ended up not playing a huge amount of games for the Colts, but really really shone and really displayed that they and and showed that they belong in in a in a team of the season. First one. Uh, first player is, is Toby Peters. He, he only played, um, goodness me, four games. He, he, he played four games for me this season. Um, but from from the initial shout from from you, Tom and Trotty at training, you were like, as soon as he came along, and he's a, he's another one of these players that we didn't really see until late in the season. I no, think it was in November. It was very late. November, maybe even like a January. He did. Sort I think of. He, he came with um with Charlie Rogers, didn't he? And uh, that's right. And he he, he came to a, a training session or two, and then I think he he went away. I want to say he wasn't it wasn't available, and then he came mm. back to, and he was available. And the first chance we got to look at him, there was just like nothing but praise. Mm. His ability to win the header, like he goes in for challenges. Um, yeah, just just demonstrated traits that at times the, the Colts were lacking. Um, you know, getting up and winning those headers, being competitive, um, just looking solid for ninety minutes, and he does that. And and for the games that he's played, like I say he's 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 had four appearances, man of the match in one of them. Um, but generally, just. Yeah, really, really quite solid. It was interesting. It, w- it would be interesting to see you and Toby playing next to each other because I, I really see quite a lot of... I, I, he reminds me of you in, in ways, in the way that he can go up and win a ball in the air. Like that commanding centre-back presence um, is something that, yeah, you don't find in Div 5. I can't think of a central defender or I've gone for sorry flip me I wish he went on the pitch today um, yeah. but for him 
and and actually for, for the other lad I'm going to pick as well on the you know in central defence, I I would have hated to have come up against you or Toby, you know, it, it, as a striker because I knew I would have just been winning nothing all day long. Yeah, I I, um, I know I know what I know what you mean to be fair, and, and Toby Toby's shown in the short time that he's been here, he's shown some serious quality. Uh, he, he's, he came off the bench to play for the first team. Um, I believe it was against Southmead. I want to say, no, or it might have been Bromley Heath. It was one of the, I think it was Bromley Heath. Um, yeah, he, he came on and, Bromley Heath or Southmead, it was one of them. He came on and he just looked so assured for the short time he was on. He came on like he'd been playing there the whole time. Yeah, he's fit right in. He's fit right into the into the club, hasn't he? He's like, you know, in the changing room and stuff. As soon as or before, when when you meet up outside Lotley's, he just he comes up. He, he's not shy. I think his first game for for me was against Mangotsfield. So his first game for the Colts was against Division Two opponents in the cup, and he didn't look out of place against. And their striker from Mangotsfield was. Ridiculous! That all I all I heard before the game from, you know, from 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 Lewis, uh, from Trotty, from Steph, all of these people that have seen, you know, seen the Magnusfield lot up close and personal. They were like, their striker is is different gravy. He's really really good, and T- Toby kind of dealt with him. He didn't really he, he didn't really have any massive struggles with him. And, and that was his first game for the club, or sorry, maybe not first game for the club, but first game for the Colts. Um, and he, he's kind of, with every performance, just showed more and more and more. And, you know, for me, he should be knocking on knocking on the door of the, the reserves next season. It's, you know, pre-season. You know, have a good pre-season, you never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, to seeing more of him because there's a serious player in there. It's just about how we can kind of get get him out and see see him play more. To be fair, so absolutely. So you've gone with you've got your right back, you've got your left back, you've got your centre back, you've got Caleb, Sibley, and uh, and Toby. What 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 are we thinking for the other centre back? Who's pairing Who's pairing up with uh, Toby? So, like I said, a lot of change over the course of the season, and and the player that I'm going to select next came into the club. Again, quite late, um, and he was at the club last season playing for the reserves with Trotty. Um, and but since coming into the into the Colts, and and I know I know him quite well. He just wants to play for Wessex, and he wants to. He, sh- he shows all the all the right all the right behaviours, and shows all the right signs to to be a a good player for us. But also in that position, he's very solid. Um, it's Lee Porter. Um, Lee is he's, he's a he's not one of the younger players, but he, so he carries a, a bit of experience coming in. He was he was involved in the the lockdown trophy win with the reserves last season, um, and spent a bit of time away from the club. But he's come back and he's got focus back, and he's got the drive back as well. Um, and yeah, since coming in, he's played nine games, nine games for me, um, scored in the in the cup win against Stoke Gifford from in, inside of his own half. Nice, he'll um, love that. Fluky, 
he didn't mean it. He definitely didn't mean it. That's why it wasn't on the uh, wasn't in contention for goal of the season. Um, but actually, it was, an impo- it was it was an important goal that he scored. But like I said to him after the game, and I've said to him since, he's not there for you know for, for scoring goals. He's there for for being solid at the back, and and also his distribution is very good as well. He pings a sweet free kick from deep. Um, and, and that's a, a weapon in our arsenal that, that we've used quite a lot this season. But yeah, he's a, a solid, solid player. Um, good to see him back. And I'm more interested to see what he can do with a good pre-season behind him with full focus on football. Yeah. And and yeah, going into next season, next season with the Colts. Yes, that's, that's a pretty tidy back line you got there, to be fair. Mm. So what, what, what so, kind of... Uh, what kind of you say you're going with the two deeper midfielders now, the two deeper central midfielders, as opposed to the one-two pivot? I guess if you're doing a four-two-three-one, then you've got the two there, haven't you, next to each other? Mm. It's it's the type of player I'm selecting in there as well, and they've really epitomised what I like to see in a midfield um, in terms of you know biting the challenge. Um, physicality, um, uh, and and also at times the obviously the need to, to to play a simple ball and to 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 get that ball moving, whether it be sideways, backwards, or forwards, but using the ball properly. Um, the first first lad I'm going to select is you know ever present for me this season, um, pretty much, and that's Josh Watt. First season at the first season in in eleven aside. Yeah, he's had his ups and downs, um, as as most of us have have had. Um, good performances, performances that he needs to improve upon. But generally, over the course of the season, he, he's definitely been an outlier in that in that sort of position alongside the other lad I'm going to name. Um, because of the bite and the challenge, because of the way that he can use the ball, communication, just yeah. At this standard, it has been good this season, but we need to see that step forward next season. And and they're very, you know, he's very aware of that. He's very keen for feedback, and we're always keen to give it to him. But there's a time where the feedback has to stop, and they take control of their own game. You know, I look at players um, who play similarly to to Josh. You know, I would look at like a a, a dibble. Or someone, someone along those lines, and you know, he knows what he needs to do. You don't need to tell Dibble where to pass the ball. You don't need to to get on him to do something. He knows what he needs to do, and he's got the quality to be able to to do that at a high standard. And he's, you know, we've seen him play at the first team standard, and, and arguably he can play higher than that again. And he'll be tested next season in 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 the first team league, obviously with the promotion that you've secured. So. Yeah, you know, that that's where you've got to aspire to be. That's what I looked at when I was a player. Was I the best player in in the reserve team as a striker? No, but I worked hard and I did. You know, there were elements of my game that other strikers and other players didn't have, and I utilised those to great effect. And that's that's kind of what Josh has to do in in his role is, you know, just nurture that aggression. And work on the final ball, work on the pass, work on the distribution. And if you do that, then it it won't take too long to work your way through 
the you know the pathway that we that we we talk about into into reserve and into first team football. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a player that is very hungry to succeed, and that's really good. It's a really good mindset to have. Just needs to sometimes just take a step back, just have a, have a really analyze, you know what what he's done, and just focus on the simple things. If you very really, raw, isn't he? He is a very raw player, and and he won't mind us saying that because, like I said, he, he comes to us all the time for for feedback. He comes for you know just advice on how he can improve, and we're all like you said, we're always happy to give that. We're always very honest with him, um, and he's like you said, he's a player that has quality. Now it's about how do you develop that? How do you improve upon a, a solid season, but a season that has its has its improvements? You know, I, th- I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when you look at what a Colts team is has been created for, you know, it's not been created for Josh Watt. That wasn't the blueprint at the start of the season. <laughs> of course, it wasn't. But when you look at players who fit into that mentality and into that the reason why a team like this was was created it, it was for for players who who were very much in the mold of, of Josh who are young need to get games under the belt because what would what would you know we would just say what would a Josh what would Josh have done what would the the five or six lads that I've named up to this point have done what would the 63 players have done this season if there wouldn't have been a Colts team the vast majority probably would have just left and joined another club, and and what a pity that would have been because we've got some we've got some really talented young young players here who, no doubt, if they apply themselves, can go on and do bits for Wessex, hopefully. But if Definitely. not for you know just in in the suburban league or in the district league in general. So so he's your he's your your first central midfielder. The battler, the warrior. Who have you got next to him? Well, I'm going I'm to put put someone in very much the same vein next to him. I think it's I know Debo. who it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, again, come from, he came from absolutely nowhere. Um, quite late on, you know, after the season had started, I remember getting a, a voice note after training. Um, I think he would have gone to a training session where there were two or three others, but he was one of the standouts that you and Tom mm. sort of re- reported back on and just went, this lad, you know, looks like he's got something about him. Um, and and I thought I would lose him to the reserve team because that was kind of the way that it went at the start, was any t- <laughs> any player who was, was any good you know, we'd get the report in and Trotty would just go and select them straight away and I wouldn't have much of a choice. But um no, I, I I remember I remember selecting him. I remember asking how I pronounce his name, because I think Trotty kept calling him Debo. Of course. Uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. The amount of times uh, he's had to correct people because after even though he said it was Debo, he was still he'd still say Debo. And it's just like he's literally told you what his name is. He, he did as well. He was quite he was quite specific. He's like, no, that's not my name. 
Um, but yeah. <laughs> he still went with it. <laughs> and he's, he's still, you know what he's like, yeah, you know what Trush is like, he's a nightmare and he, he'll do really well at his new club. Um, but <laughs> we wish him all the best. Wish him all the best. <laughs> but no, uh, obviously Dabo came in and, and from the off, you could see that, and again, to use something that Trusty said, he he's, he reminds reminded him. He Trusty said he reminded him of like a Patrick Vieira, and he, and he and he does. He's got you know he's got those long legs that he uses to such a. He just uses them so well to win the ball back, but then ninety nine times out of a hundred, he'll then pick the pass out, and he'll get out of impossible situations with his dribbling, and. You know, in that in Div Five, him and the kid I'm going to talk about next, just really, they they made it their own. And there were times where they would just walk away with games almost on their own because of their ability with the ball at their feet. And there was nothing that you could do against Debo because you couldn't even crunch him because he wouldn't be there, or he would crunch you five minutes later anyway. Like he he did he did, he doesn't care and for such a young for such a young lad to have that um ha- to have that mentality of I'm just gonna take you in the ball, I don't care. Yeah. I love that I love that. It's so rare to see. Um so yeah. Yeah, he, he played he played six games, two goals and three man of the matches. So he got a man of the match in half the games he played for me. But but here and it he was very very solid and you know at a time where I'm I was missing big players through injury so I, I lost Kadeem through through a nasty injury yeah lost Sean Sabanda Sibs who was the captain at, at the time you know lost him to a big injury he, he ended up going out for the rest of the season after after picking that up on his knee injury early on so you know him Debo coming in, and and all, all, although he only played six games for for me, um, you know I know he played maybe one or two for you, and I know he played a couple for for Trotty in the reserves as well. So he's another yeah. player that's shown that you know he can he can play higher, and and arguably will will be given that opportunity. You know, should he should he have a good preseason, etc., start off the, the start of next season. Mm. Well, yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing more from Bebo. Like, like you said, he's literally Patrick Vieira's regen. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the way that he, the way that he holds himself, he doesn't quite have the, or at least I haven't seen it. He doesn't have the the aggression that we normally associate with Vieira. Um, but maybe that's just something we'll see next year. Um, he, he definitely he just looks like he's so involved mm. and he just he knows where to be and he always gets toe on the ball always he gets something on it and he'll take the man mm. and like you said you, you just you do love you love to see it especially when like as, as a manager you can't really ask for much more from your you know your midfielders if they if they want that ball and they'll take the man to get it perfection yeah, uh, completely, absolutely, and and he's he's shown again, even though it's a relatively short amount, of, you know, time that he's played, you know, six games, he's he's shone in in that sort of role, and he's demonstrated that, you know, 
again, despite only playing a hat, you know a hatful of games for the entire club, he's already established himself as a real as a real player for the Colts and for, for Wessex in general. Absolutely. So what was who's next? Do you not? Would you go as your, for your cam, or would you start with your your right your right wing and your left wing doing a four? So I'd, I'd, yeah, so I'd go, I'd go I'd go with with my right wing first, of course. Um, probably everybody knows already, mm-hmm. but it'd be Connor O'Neill, O'Bagsman, O'Fastman, <laughs> whatever yeah. we're going to call him now, O'Sistman. Uh, yeah, I mean, 19, 19 appearances, eight goals, six assists. He scored big goals for us this season. Both him and Josh have, have carried the armband at times for me this season as well. After after Sibs picked up his injury, um, he's a leader in the dressing room. He, you know, he he is that experience in the Colts that that's really taken us through the through the season and and you know he owns that right hand side for for me there there isn't a player that gets that gets near him that's played for me this season there isn't a player that gets gets near him in, in regards to the amount of chances and goals that he, he creates and scores himself um yeah I think if, if he does want to be a central midfielder next season it's a big it's a big position for us to fill because it's it's going to be hard to find that amount of creativity and replacing that out there but you know with good recruitment we we might be able to find that but maybe I'll buy him a beer at presentation and ask him to stay out there for another right. season I was going to say all you got to do is get him maybe two or three Guinnesses and I'm sure he'd do whatever you wanted him to mate so <laughs> I think you're right <laughs> you're right there or maybe maybe sweet, sweeten the deal with a couple more Guinnesses. Make it five. Okay, I'm writing this down, by the way. Yeah, good, because it'll it love me for that. <laughs> but no, he's it, been a prolific season for him. And I know he's he's been kind of... He's been he's been played all over the pitch at this club. He's yeah, and he, he has this season. He has yeah. a season for me. He's played it right back for me this season. He didn't like it, but <laughs> but but he did. But do you know what? He did it. He did a job, and you know what more can you ask for when play? You know when a player does something like that, they might not like it, but do you know what? They suck it up and they go for the team. I'll do it. Yeah. So managers, managers dream, isn't it? it, have, it you know, yeah, someone who wants to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's your right. What's that next? Out on the left hand side now, left wing. This this was a tough one for me because there's a couple of couple of players that have, have played out there for me. Um but again in the short amount of time I've seen from him this season, and considering what the way that that he's played and and what he's come back from, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next season and his Soul Parsons. Right, um, really? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I I understand why you've reacted that way because when I typed his name in, 
I kind of surprised myself after I made <laughs> made the decision. But you know, Souls come back. He, he he looked incredible during preseason. Looked really good during preseason. Um, but then had to spend a bit of time away from the club for his for his own reasons, and we won't obviously go into them. Um, but when he when he was ready, he came back and. Honestly, it was like, I almost didn't believe that he wasn't playing football. It's like he came back, he was already fit. He looked ready to play. His touch, everything about what he did was was on point. And yeah, he played five games for me out on the left-hand side. Right, you know, he played five games for me over the course of the season and scored, assisted, got a man of the match. Also found himself up in the reserves when, when Trotty needed him. Uh, and it's just a shame that we didn't get to see more of Seoul this season, but we know why. Um, and we just hope that given another preseason and a good run of games next season, he's another player that I look at and go, do you know what? Why couldn't Seoul Parsons be in the first team? Why couldn't Seoul Parsons establish himself in the reserves if given the chance? Mm. Um, I think he's got the... He's got what I liked from him was what something that we that we didn't necessarily see from other players who played in that position was just the just the want to run it a player and and there were so many times where we were calling for, and just begging for that out on that out on that left hand side just have a run at them give them a torrid time and it was it was a delight to see when when he when he did it so so Parsons. I, I can see I can see why you why you have it. It's been good. It's been really nice um on, on a on a personal level to see to see Soul like enjoying this football. Um, you know, coming coming back and I think it was was it against Rockley's at Bauer when Yes. Did you win was it eight eight one? Eight one, yeah. Eight one and you know, you know, uh Nathan Bradford scored. Soul Parsons scored these players that Ab- really Abdu scored a goal. goal. Like all, all of these players <laughs> that were like Colts players, and it, it was we had so many first team like there watching as well because the, the first team game was called off. Yeah, because of the that was another one where we had a storm around, and it was it, it was it was away, but it was like we were at home. That that was the game. Also, it's just reminding me that was the game where the referee. <laughs> didn't have he didn't have a red and yellow card he only had the a red I don't know how he got them by the way no idea but he had a red and yellow uno card uno reverse wouldn't it the reverse yeah card. yeah <laughs> so I literally I rock up and he goes mate I'm so sorry I haven't got a I haven't got a red and yellow card and I'm like right okay well I'm sure we can improvise you can just shout it out if you have to mate and he was like, no, no, no. And he pulled them out of his pocket. And I, I literally, it's the only time this season where I've had a selfie with the ref because I was like, mate, nobody at, nobody at my club is going to believe me that your red and yellow cards are, un, are uno cards. So yeah, snapped a selfie with the guy and then put it into the manager's chat and everyone was like, no, there's no way that's that's real. And it's like, yeah. It's like, what, what, he was what, actually, why did, he, why did he have uno cards on him? Like... I, uh, I don't. I genuinely don't know because you. I mean, fair play. He, I'd lo- I'd love for him to be my mate because no matter what situation <laughs> you were in, 
if he can pull out like a set of Uno cards to get you out of a sticky situation, then, you know, he'll be a legend to have as a mate, wouldn't he? <laughs> the Uno cards trump everything, by the way. Literally. Like, <laughs> you just show the card, you're out, you're out scot-free. Like, <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was it was funny. But, but that day, going back to, you know, Sol getting his goal, it was a brilliant goal as well that he scored. Uh, and he also set up, I think he set up Abdu for his for his header. Um, but yeah, just generally like having him back around the 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 Colts, especially after you know the preseason that he had where we were away from home in, in one of our preseasons. I can't remember who it was against now, but he just looked he just looked really, really composed and we missed him at times when he wasn't playing, but when we had him back, it was it was nice. It, it was like he it's like he belonged there, even though he'd been out for a vast part of the season. When he came back, he he really did sort of make it his own. Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree, mate. He's he had such a good impact coming back into the into the club, and I really do hope he kicks on for preseason. He just he's just playing golf at the moment. <laughs> I know, right? I've heard he's pretty good at it, so might have to let him off. He's, he's going to be one of these kids that is... Oh, it just really annoys me that he's going to be good at most things that he does. Let's not, like, let's not, let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. Football, yeah, he's all right. Golf, yeah, he's all right. Let's draw the line. Let's not... Yeah, but you guarantee if you went, oh, soul, you know, you know, out of... Uh, because, you know, we're all... We're all fairly established. Uh, we could just say, let's go for a game of badminton because, you know, we could do that. <laughs> I guarantee if you did that, he'd, he'd probably be fantastic at just any random sport that you, you chuck in front of him. He'd oh, probably be pretty good at it. Oh, he's quality at pool. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. yeah. He's probably yeah. good at darts as well, actually. Oh, all these, all these you know, pub, pub games, he's, he's pub sound games. at. Beer pong. Yeah, I imagine he's probably good at that as well. Well, I think yeah, I might drop it. I might drop him at the start of the season. He's already <laughs> annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> so who what? So you right. got to fill that that cam role, that number ten role now, haven't you? Yeah, and do you know what? He's had a struggle over the course of the season. He he, he was very frustrated um, when when things weren't really going his way. I think there was a problem with availability, um, and of course we're talking about Sam Holland. Yeah. Um, you know, he when when I came to the club, he was one that was sort of highlighted to me as being a really, really good player that would probably end up in the Colts. And it took him a while to to find his feet. Um, just as he did, he would then be away for two weeks or, you know, not be available. And it really hampered him. And I think it was probably you and Tom. You probably over the course of the season had a chat with him and said, "Listen, if you want to, if you want to be established in a football team, you you need to be available. You need to 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 not just play one game and then be away for two weeks, because we're not going to call games off because we can't play Sam Holland and we're 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 going to move on. We have to move on." Um, and he played. He ended up playing thirteen games for for the Colts. Scored three, assisted three, two man of the match. Um, but those those don't really do him justice, to be honest. 
because his his ability to control the game and to bring the ball down and at times just add class that was well above Division Five into a game of football. He had it. He has it at his disposal. He really yeah. does. Um, and the only thing I can say is I just want to see more of Sam Holland. And it, if if that can happen next season, then you know the only way the only way is up for a player player like him. It really is because he's he has been the difference. He's brought quality to games of football that you know you know what Division Five's like. You've seen it. Sometimes it's horrible football, um, anti football at times. You yeah. could you could go as far to say, but he. And others, there are others, of course, that I've already named who have the ability to just put their foot on it and then play a game, then, you know, get it to be a game of football again. And that's where we've excelled this season is when it's been that football match, not smashing it up in the air as, as high as we can or, you know, that that other kind of tactic that's been deployed against us is, you know, he's he's definitely been been one to to show class and quality when, when we've needed it the most. No, I agree that the games that I've seen him play, he just, he's got a bit of silkiness to him, you know? The way that he drags a ball with his foot, the way that he can find a pass, sometimes he's a bit too, uh, a bit too generous with how much of the ball he shows the opposition. Sometimes he takes, he, he, you know, he does a, a filthy nutmeg. And sometimes he'll get a tackle because he just shows a little bit, gets a bit too overconfident. But there's a player in there. There's a serious player in there. And I agree with you. I, I, I want to see more of him. And I think, you know, given, given the opportunities, he, he would take them with, with both hands. And I think he's done really well this season. So I think he's very, very deserving of that spot on your team. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. Definitely earned it. Go on then. Who's your number nine? Well, he's he's my top goal scorer in the Colts. Um, and we've had a wobble, me and Cam, <laughs> over the over the over the course of the season. Um, but 14 appearances, 10 goals, two assists. Um, yeah, Cam Bryce. Um he's, again, you know, we talk about we talked about Josh Watt and the the kind of the reason why, or, you know, some of the justification why the Colts was created. Cam was a name that was discussed so early on when the Colts was being touted as a, a possibility of, you know, this is something that, that a team that, I, that that is almost built for, for a player like Cam Bryce, young, exciting, raw talent, needs oh, nurturing, hungry. need. Yeah. Yeah, just but but needs game time, needs consistent game time, and and I think with the way that the reserves, with the way that the reserves was over the course of lockdown, um, I don't think Cam. Well, in fact, I know Cam would not have got the game time in the reserves that he would have wanted this season, and in fact, I know that Cam didn't get the game time and some of the positions that he wanted to play in in the, in the Colts this season. And that's something that we have to work on because there were times where he was put out on, onto the wing, for example, which which frustrated him. I know that he likes being that, that, you know, that focal point of the attack. 
and there are times this season where he's he's really really impressed me. His first goal of the season, you know, against Corinthians, was was a big goal for him. The way that he celebrated, forget that he took his shirt off, <laughs> got a second yellow card, and well, then you know was 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 sent off. Um, but you could tell. Like, I, I don't know whether that was his first goal in men's football, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But I, I do genuinely think that was one of the, like the the biggest goals that he scored because he it was like a weight off of his shoulders. Um, the way that he reacted, the way that he celebrated, and it was a big goal for us as well because it, it took us closer to a victory. But I look at one performance this season, which sort of demonstrated to me what Cam Bryce could be about. And okay, the opposition weren't fantastic, but it was a game against Rockley's away, same game where, you know, Sol scores, Abdu scores, Luke, Luke Bowden scores a goal. Um, but in that game, he, he was up, he was, winning header, he was winning headers, he was, he was challenging for the ball, he was pressing from the top. And okay, the opposition weren't great, but he was brilliant that day. He was really good. He got man of the match, got two goals. Um, and I think if he put that performance in every single week, then he'd be in, you know, he'd be knocking 20 goals a season. Yeah. And and he wouldn't be in the Colts team. You know, I know Trutch has given him goal of the season for the reserves, and I know that. You know, he knocked a hattie for him. The ability is there. Sometimes I think Cam's commitment and his focus needs to be more on football. I mentioned we had a Barney. There, were, there was a an unfortunate uh, situation away against Supreme, which I won't go into in depth, but Cam knows that he let himself down and it's things like that, which, which you'll need to to round the edges off to be a much better player for the club. Yeah. No, I agree that there's been there's been times where there's you can see the quality with Cam. You really can. He's got that he's got that raw talent about him. Um and that's it's another it's another player that you have to you have to kind of nurture their growth. You need to allow them to express themselves, but also, like you said, round off those, the edges that make him, you know, make him into a, a better player. That's that's the aim. You know, there's times where his head, only he gets tunnel vision when he gets the ball. Um, but then there's times where he'll just battle and, and beat three men on the bounce and, and score. So it's really about, I'm very, very keen to to watch him grow into the player that I think everyone at the club knows he can be. And I think the Colts has done him really well this season when he's been called upon in the reserves. I think he's done well there as well. Again, as a lot of players, we've as a lot of these players we've said this season, it's about how you kick on into the next season. Because mm. um, just because you have one good season or a, a satisfactory season in the Colts, doesn't mean that your career's peaked. <laughs> it doesn't mean your career's done. It means, okay, how can I be better next season? How can I surpass the standards I've set myself in this season? And I mm. reckon, I reckon he's very, very capable of doing that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he'll agree. I think he would, he enjoyed being part of a consistent team. Um, but yeah, for him, there, there are areas that we need to focus on in terms of coaching him and managing him into, into that better player. But as you know, you know, you know more than anybody else, you know, the responsibility sits for them. And yeah. if you, you can do as much as you like, and, and we have done over the course of the season in terms of coaching and managing, um, all, all the players at the club, but unless you want to take that next step yourself and show that commitment, that passion, and and take the take the positives and take the the coaching into your game as well. Because if you just sit there and go, do you know what? I don't care what Tom Trimble tells me during a training session. I'm just going to continue doing the same stuff anyway. Then you're never going to progress. You're never going to improve. Whereas, you know, what we're trying to teach him at it, it, it training and during games, you know, I used to play in his position. I know that people, that defenders hate players that run at them. And Cam is a player that will consistently run at a defence. You know, you've probably seen it through, um, through like some of the intra-club intra friendlies that we've had. You know, if you're up against Cam, you're going to be like, oh my God, you know, it's a different prospect than dealing with Ollie Atwood, for example, who you know is just going to be bringing the ball down and head, knocking the ball on and doing stuff like that. He's a, he's a handful and he needs to know. And I've, I've, you know, there have been times where I've tried to explain to him, be that handful, get on their nerves, be, be a thorn in their side because they hate it. Play, defenders hate strikers who, are perpetually in motion, but also we've got a bit about them as well. Yeah, they, they don't know how to handle them because <clears throat> it's, it's not in different uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's the unpredictability of someone like Cam. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, when he comes up against uh, a defender, they don't really know which way, like, it, well, if he plays his cards right, they won't know how to defend against him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could be there one minute and gone the next, you know? It's just about how he applies himself in a game situation. And I think there's there's ways he can improve and and I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him if he applies himself correctly. Mm. Yeah, I think I think he's learned his lesson this season. I think he's he's seen he's seen where being he's seen where having a certain attitude gets him or could potentially get him and it's a it's a harsh lesson to learn at such a young age yeah um but hopefully he's 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 seen where that road will lead him with with Wessex and I just hope he 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 kicks on because if he does like you say we've got a really really we've got a handful of a player you know at our disposal if if he does yeah no I I look forward to seeing more of it hmm so, uh, so, so your your team. So, just to recap, just so everyone's aware of the old formation and, and who goes where. So, you've got Liam in goal, uh, right back. You've got Caleb, left back. You've got Jack Sibley, and uh, as the centre back partnership, you have Lee Porter and Toby Peters. Do I have that down correctly? You do. Yes. Uh, then in the middle, you've got Josh Watt partnered with with a uh, Debo, not Debo. 
demo for any of those watching. Um, you got Connor O. <laughs> O Bagsman, O Fussman, O'Neill. Um, <laughs> on the right. And on the left, you've got Salt Parsons, good at everything, pub related. <laughs> uh, and as that cam, as that number 10, you got Sam Holland, Sam Silky Holland. Um, and up top, you know, we got we got Cam Bryce, top goal scorer. So it's a very solid team. It's a team that's Definitely contributed massively to um, to your season and to your promotion from the Colts, <clears throat> or in the Colts, shall I say? Um, yeah. Any any lasting words on on that on that eleven um, as you prepare for a new season? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when I look at you know Division Four, which is potentially the the, the next spot that the Colts is you know the next league the the Colts will be promoted into like I said the the fact that Diff Five will end up being dissolved anyway will probably mean that a lot of the teams that the Colts have played this year will end up being back in the same league as us. Um, I think when we look at sort of not only that that team of the season if you like but also the majority of the players that have played for us and, and are not in that team of the season. I think if we go into that division four off the back of the season that we've had, I think we do bits in that division. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward and I'm, I welcome the opportunity for the Colts next season to, to go up into that league um, and to, to do what we've done this season, which is, you know, be the new, be the new team, be the, the team that people don't expect to see performances from. And to upset it, we've seen it this year, you know, against teams, if you like, that are a bit anti-football, you know, Port of Bristol, Corinthians, these sort of teams that um, they don't like it when you play football against them because they can't, they can't match it. They can't, they can't play football. They just have to do everything, everything opposite to it, if you like. And we need to get used to being that standout team in a division that wants to play football. And when you look at this team of the season and also when you look at players who haven't made it, you know, your Nate Radford, your your Kadeem, Sibs, um, Abdu, players like this, players that have come in and have done done bits for me and done bits for the team this season. Um, you know, Ben Pridis, Luca. Just so so many players that actually they they do they do just slot straight in almost and I think if we go in into that into next season with that that approach of yeah we just play our game doesn't matter what opposition are going to do we just play our game I, th- I think the Colts will be will be well should be up there again and and my mentality going into next season as as the manager <coughs> is to go there and to win the league. 100%. You know, there's no no point going in there and thinking, well, you know, we'll just try our best and hope hope for the best. No. We go in there and we 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 have to be punching punching for winning the league because anything less than that, you know, it's not it's not worth getting out of bed for on a Saturday otherwise. Exactly that. I couldn't have put it better myself. It's good that you kind of 
you have targets for next season is, you know, even with the, while last season is fresh in your mind still, just about how you can improve the team, how we can, how we can benefit the club, how we can improve these players that we have signed on and how we can <clears throat> expand Wessex as a club as well. I think so important to get them right. Um, but I'm going to, we're going to end it on a slightly sad note. Obviously, the recent news, Trachi, the reserve manager and beloved um, podcast host. Uh, I thought I thought you were going to say beloved Ron then. I was going to say, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I was going to say, and the handsome Ron, um, his assistant, they have stepped down from their position uh, as obviously reserve manager and reserve assistant, which means that the management kind of structure will forego a little bit of rearranging. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? You're obviously very, very close to them both. Um, I know I was shocked when I heard the news originally. Um, don't think my mouth shut for about 10 minutes afterwards uh, at the, the manager's meeting. But yeah, what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on it? Joe, it was, it was bittersweet for me. Um, obviously, I've known I've known Trachi for Trachi and Ron for for a, a huge amount of time now. I used to work with both of them. You know, I've known them for for twelve, thirteen years probably. It's been a huge amount of time that I've known them for. Um, and I knew quite. I knew. I was probably one of the first people to know, um, just in general, because obviously, you know, we're we're really good friends. And, and they mentioned the opportunity and obviously I won't mention the club. It still hasn't been announced. I don't think, um, although I'm sure, I'm sure some people already know, um, mm. but out of respect for, for them, I won't, I won't say the club, but I, I knew, I knew very early on and, and it, it was very difficult for me because obviously I'm, I'm their friend and I'm, you know, I, I'm in, I know them outside of Wessex, but my, sole focus for this season has been on getting the Colts to promotion um, because you know the title wasn't on for, for quite a while so you know the second best thing there was promotion and I needed to drive us towards that end but similarly they're very professional in the way that they look at things as well and they wanted nothing more than to get a promotion with the reserves and they also were fully um, you know they were fully focused on helping the first team get promotion. So they picked, a, I think they picked the most appropriate time to, to sort of announce it, which was after the season was, was done for all three teams. Um, but yeah, I, I knew a little bit before. It, it didn't affect the way that I managed the resulting games after, after the decision was made. But yeah, it, um, it was difficult because I was brought back into the club by by both Trachi and Ron, who who after Ollie fell away from managing the Colts, kind of I don't know endorsed me to the committee if you like and said that I I was a uh, I don't know a suitable candidate for the Colts job. Um, so yeah, them not being here, it'll be a big miss for all of us. Um, I will miss the amount of options Trutty puts in his reserve team squad 
<laughs> so every time we every time we announce or we we prepare for a, a squad on a on a Saturday, Trutchy will drop a a potential squad into the manager's chat, and it will have you know seven or eight different options for each position, which ends up resulting in me just going just pick a teammate just so <laughs> I can pick my team, make my life easier, make my life a lot easier. But no, I, I will miss both of them being because they've been a real influence on me this season, as well as you and Tom have been. Um, in what has been a, a difficult season because it's the first one that I've had at the club as a manager. Um, I will miss them, but also I'm very excited for them and the opportunity that they've got going forward. You know, in in their new in their new club with their new venture. But my full focus will will be with the Colts f- for next season, and and obviously there's there's a reserve team. Uh, position or positions that that are available and and you know I cannot I can't comment on that because that's a committee decision but let it be known my, my interest is is at Wessex so if there was an opportunity to be presented to me which you know there hasn't been um, but you know I love this club I've enjoyed my my season here. And yeah, I just can't wait for next season, whether that be with the Colts or or not. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. I just want to be here at this club, and, and that's it, really. There are there are it's a sign of things of big things to come. I think I think you nailed it with the whole <clears throat> bittersweet uh, ending for them. It is because it's very very sad to see them go. That they were such characters at this club, and they've kind of revolutionised and revitalised um, the reserve team and the structure within the club. They've kind of stabilised the good work that was done beforehand. Um, but obviously, obviously, they've turned their attention to a position that was uh, offered to them, and they they. They saw it as they, they couldn't turn it down. And I, I, you know, at first we were like, oh, it just kind of hits you and it hits you straight away. And you're like, oh, gosh, you know, they're, they're actually leaving. But to see them succeed in any position at any club, it just it warms your heart. It warms your heart. It really does. So, uh, and I doubt, I very highly doubt that will be the last we see of them. Partly because we definitely want to arrange some form of friendly between Wessex and their new club. But like mm. I said, a sign of things to come. It will be. You know, a- I, I, also, I also think, sorry, Matt, I, I also think it shows where Wessex are. <clears throat> the fact that um, a reserve team manager and his assistant have been approached by a club um, that operates at a similar level to where the first team have just been promoted to in the combination prep. I think it shows that Wessex can and will go a lot higher because I external eyes already are, are already on not only the players at this club but also the managers. Mm. We know Lynn has a massive um, reputation within not only local football but I think anything in the south southwest like Lynn Hughes that that is a 
people may not realize this players who listen to this may not realize this. she is an absolute force within local football people respect lynn hughes more than you could possibly imagine she is she is an excellent custodian of wessex and also generally of football the reason why wessex are where we are is because lynn has made us into into this club and has really carried on what Jack Moody Grant created, um, and and Lynn has has always had that at her heart, and actually the whole committee does as well. When you look at all of us, the only <clears throat> thing that we have passion for and drive for is to make Wessex better. Um, the fact that we've lost two really really good people. Like you say, it doesn't mean that they'll never be part of this club again. In fact, they're an extension of Wessex in a different club now. Exactly. Um, and I, I, I see it. I see it being, a, even though it is bittersweet, um, and there, of course, there will will feel it. We will feel the presence. You know, the fat Trutchy won't be at the wheel anymore. For example, <laughs> um, we will miss the presence around the club, but I think. Much like everything, it, life does go on. Football does go on after certain people leave. Um, it may take time. It may take more than one manager. It may take a couple of rotations of squads and, and things like that. It may take a relegation. It may take an unexpected promotion or a cup win to make it land. But it will. Wessex will not falter or or suffer through through Trutchy and Ron leaving, it will just mean that it, you know, we, we might have to do things a little differently. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. <clears throat> no, not at all. I think their 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 careers in management are always they're destined for great things. And they did great things at Wessex and they're going to do great things at their new club. Hmm. They they are no doubt. They're great. They're great, great lads, and the the their new club is very lucky to have them. So I I, I look forward to seeing really what happens with them in the future. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be tuning in to their um to their socials to make sure you know keep an eye on their scores. Like Ron said towards the end of the reserves podcast, the first thing I'll be doing after walking off of a pitch as a as a Wessex manager will be will be checking checking their socials to see how they got on but like you say the the interesting part is going to be us having that pre-season mm-hmm. and setting up setting up a nice friendly rivalry with them um because yeah that'll be that'll be interesting to see it'll bring another dynamic to to what is already you know with with telephones and all of these other clubs that we have a somewhat friend friendly rivalry with it will be interesting to see what that will bring as well. Yeah, no, I, I, you couldn't have put it better yourself. And you even got a bit of praise in there for Lynn, which we love. We love ending every every podcast with a with a <laughs> bit about Lynn. She is our she is our diamond. She is our queen. She is our gem. I don't really think you can say she, much more about the woman. No, just an absolute legend. Absolute legend. She she does give everything for us. Uh, not just rocking up every every Saturday to watch multiple games, but 
we've we've seen it throughout the season. What she does for us as as managers, as well as what she does for the players, it is just a fantastic effort. And you know, we we should all presentation night should just be us worshiping that woman because she Absolutely. is beyond <clears throat> beyond comparison. We do love her, but on on that note. You know that's that's it. Thank you uh, very much for joining me, Mr. Mark Hooper. How have you found it? It's been nice. Yeah, it's been nice. I'm glad I haven't filled up the sixteen hour slot that the reserve team left over from mm-hmm. from their podcast. You're close. You're um, close. Yeah, we're not, we haven't done too bad. <laughs> no, it's but been... no, I've enjoyed it, and and it's it's been a good season. And I, I just I I genuinely am really really looking forward to, to next season. And you know for 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 any potential doubters out there who, who may have heard that there may not be a Colts next season, nothing can be guaranteed in life. But the fact that we've all worked so hard to get the Colts into the position where they are now, which is, you know, secured a proper promotion um, that will hopefully come with medals, etc. at presentation. You know, I would be very, very surprised if there wasn't a Colts around next season. And it would be a, it would be an honour and it would be a privilege to be a manager of that Colts team should should my contract that doesn't exist be extended. <laughs> <laughs> you just see me, I'm writing one right now uh, as, as we're finishing. Oh, you did say this was my appraisal. So I, I suppose I'm going to turn the table back on you, Mr McCarthy. If you were to look at a, a Colts season out of 10, how would you rate it? How would I rate this? One, one, one being... You know, not very good. Ten being Hooper's at the wheel. That's a good. <laughs> All right. Okay. No. 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 Ten yeah. being very good. Let's, <laughs> but, let's lose that. If, if, if you know, left, if you know, that, you know let's let that leave with know, it. If you know, you know, and if you know, I feel sorry for you. Yes, um, indeed. But equally, can I use decimal points? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a stickler for a seven, eight, or a nine. I want decimal points. I'd, I'd give it overall 7.8. Okay. I'd give that a 7.8. For, for a debut season, securing that promotion, yeah. But obviously there's there's definitely maybe even a 7.7 because I think where there are definitely cracks, they're cracks that very much can be filled you know, hmm. have you got a no, number I respect, in mind? I respect that. I mean, I think yeah. I, I would have without going into decimals because, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going to pull a face at you. But um, oh no, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, I probably would have gone for a solid, solid eight out of ten because we fell away towards the end of the season. We didn't, we didn't see it out the way that we, we should have done through the games that we actually played. Um, forget the fact that Port of Bristol didn't rock up last game of the season. That would have been, would have been a lovely way to see it out. Should we have played a game <clears throat> against them on the 4G and beaten them? That would have been cool. That would have been exceptional. That would have probably bumped it up actually, if that would have actually happened because of just the feeling coming out of the season. But yeah. having done what I've done today, which is sit down and, and really go through it all, you know, game by game, almost goal by goal, 
yeah, I think, yeah, I think eight out of 10 because it's a promotion, but there are things to still work on. But I think, you know, we're focusing now for next season with the Colts on intricate details rather than wholesale improvement. Yeah. I think the foundation of the squad is there as long as, as long as people stay and as long as we can recruit in the right areas, I think, you know, if you can turn around and say the Colts are in a good position, goodness me, that doesn't that just do a, a whole lot of the job for whoever the reserve manager is going to be next season. Obviously yourself and Tom in, in the first team, if the Colts have got a good foundation, that means that that you have to have had that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think they're a, a sign of good things to come. I think I've said that about four times in this podcast, but there are many, many good things to come. And I'm very much looking forward to next season, as I hope everybody else is. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say I'd say we uh, we end it there. Thanks again, Hoops, for being such a lovely, I would say, co-host, but it's not. It's been more of an interviewee, haven't you? I've, I've definitely been on the receiving end, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, not for the, not for the first time, I'm <laughs> not sure. Not for the first time. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining me. And thanks to all the listeners and, as Trutchy would say, subscribers as well. Yeah. I don't think we've got any of them, but definitely the... Um, <laughs> We, we um, obviously a massive thanks has to go out to the to the sponsors with with Continuum and Bristol Tap. Of course, you know the shirts look un, unreal. Um, we, we've worn them all season. The match day stuff, as well as the the training gear that we've got. Um, we couldn't have free teams without your continued support in 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 the sponsorship that you give us. So, um, yes, looking forward to hopefully more of that next season um, because having three teams it, operating at a level like this with the training that, that Matt and Tom put on in the location that we, that, that we have it at is, is massive. So yeah, the sponsorship is, is needed, but also very, very much appreciated. So thank you. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So uh, yeah, thanks for, for listening and we will, Catch you on the next one. On the Wessex.